Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Second Jack, he's Rob Sacre. I'm Jack Ferris, brought to you by betonline.ag. Joined today by Adam Morrison. Adam, first things first. How was your Coeur d'Alene summer? It was great. Had a good time. Uh, great weather. Great year. You're still on. Do you feel like, how do I put this? Do you feel like Coeur d'Alene is getting too California, Californianized? You know what I mean? Uh, people, some people would argue that, but I think there's still a local feel to it. Um, and it's Idaho. It's North Idaho. That's never going to get Californiaized. So uh, I think it's it's still in good standing. What downtown day- has grown though? The downtown oh, yeah. has. I, I was down. I was there. What two three weeks ago, and I was. It's been a while, actually, being downtown. And I was surprised how big it's gotten. Yeah, I mean, everything. The city is is outgrown itself in a good way, um, but I don't think it's it's gotten to Tahoe level yet or anything like that. But it's it's definitely grown. Uh, anyone who is looking for fun late content should follow Adam on Instagram because uh, you get the full summer. Is there like a sad day when you lock up the place and drive away for what you know was going to be a couple of months? hundred uh, percent. Yeah. You just, What's the day? What's like the hard day? Like the uh, flag usually, and all that. Yeah. <laughs> we usually do like a, a first, you know, the October 1st. I know you wouldn't, you wouldn't hang an American flag. So I know that is like. A <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> Maybe I mean, upside down. Honest, like, I know you got to hide some of your political deals here. You would not hang an American flag anywhere oh. near your house. Oh, yeah. So yeah, it is a sad day when you take it down for the summer. Oh, man. Uh, that's perfect. Before we get into it real quick, football is back. Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up-to-the-minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds from week one all the way to the college football playoff. And Super Bowl, BetOnline gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, down to business here, Adam. It's a pretty good read right there. Thanks, buddy. I do it. Oh, he's, he's, a, he's a champ. <laughs> no, I know. A champ I'm, on not, this. I'm not even joking. That's pretty good. I do reads for my show, and I can't. I, it takes me like seven takes. It's terrible. I, I've gotten Hard. feed. I've gotten feedback that I'm I'm too much of a robot now, like I go too fast. I need to make it a little bit more conversational. It well, sounded sometimes. good to me, to be honest. Like for real. Thanks, Bravo. man. Appreciate that. Okay. Um, craziness in the kennel. Before we get into individual player nitpicking, what level of program is Gonzaga that they are able to put on that kind of show? Does that make sense? Uh, like, I mean, you guys had some kind of like midnight something when you were mm-hmm. playing, right? Yeah, that we thing... did do midnight madness, and that's what was like the tradition of cross college basketball. <clears throat> but now they just, uh, you know, keep it a little more tame. We did crazy. We did craziness to kennel. I think my second and third year, so I did both. Um, but yeah, it's crazy that it's almost full in there. You know, when you just see the fans waiting in line and stuff, just for a glorified practice they don't even do a dunk contest anymore which is kind of no yeah well yeah. <laughs> who's on that team that that is a high flyer that i i hear i always hear that but it's also like 
do a reverse dunk. Somebody can do a tomahawk. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, right. Do we something. don't all have to like, yeah, like, but like, I don't know. The skills competition is really boring. Like, watch a guy like dribble through cones, make a pass, and then make a jump shot. Like, I mean, we were talking off air. I think they need to do the crowd. They split the the crowd up. Like one yeah, side that, red, one side blue, and just have it where it's competitive within the crowd and yeah. just to build that atmosphere up or something. I don't know. But yeah, it's they need to it's hard right now. Uh who's your high flyer? I get Anton? Probably, which is you know, we probably wouldn't have said that like two years ago, but he's gotten more athletic as the time, you know, mm-hmm. as his career progressed, but Maybe Dusty Stromer, right? I really? mean, if yeah. well, if you're really looking at it, like he has like his high school highlight tape and all that stuff, he's super athletic. So I assume that he could probably dunk pretty well, I guess. Yeah. Well, the the good thing is we're gonna see it this season, and I'm I'm really excited to see how college basketball is gonna be this season and the fact that everyone's starting at the same level. You're not getting most most teams aren't getting four year guys or have four year guys on their roster. So everyone's going to start at a base. So now you got to see how like how did your recruiting, how did your transfers all work? All this all comes to play now. And your and the coaching at at a, the same level, who's going to rise above? That's what I'm excited about for this. Yeah, season. I think it, it's it's odd in a good way that every big program has so much more turnover than they had to, you know had in the past you know with the transfer portal and we can argue about if it's good or bad for the game i think there's pros and cons to it but there's so much new faces at every school um that it's really exciting every year cuz you got to see how these teams can gel but also it's harder for fans in my opinion to follow a club because every year there's turnover like i mean how many new faces at gonzaga this year i think eight that have a legit chance to play, which is crazy, right? If you really think about it, it used to be maybe four freshmen, sometimes three were in a class. Now you yeah. have eight new guys. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see, obviously, how those guys fit in. But I think a lot of major programs, including ourselves, are going to be dealing with that every single year or every two years. Transfer portal, a decent class, and then turnover, turnover, turnover. Well, it's very similar, I think, now – in the sense the game is very similar to the NBA in the fact that you're not following your favorite team anymore. You're following your favorite player. Yeah, 100%. Like wherever your player, that player where you were following, you're just going to follow team to team to team. And a player is a brand. It's not the team that's a brand anymore. I Maybe correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I, I think um... – you know, following the <clears throat> the teams is is more of a year to year thing now because of right. just turnover. I mean, it really is, and um, we could argue if that's good or bad for the game. I mean, I think the popularity has gone down a little bit, but that's I think that's social media how people view you know just yep. content in general. I'm not just the sport, um, but yeah, like uh, <laughs> I mean, we played a kid. We played last year when we played Grand Canyon. There was mm-hmm. the O'Bannon kid that was on his sixth school. I mean, it's I mean, nothing against him, but it's crazy now how many, how much, you know, some of these guys, three, four schools. And you always want to be like, hey, you know, as a human being in, in a free society, you should be allowed to move, right? If the jobs, whatever it is, you should have freedom of movement, 
you know, Correct. thoroughly believe in that. But then also are like, are we making it where it's it, it's turning into minor league sports a little bit, you know, as far as just jumping ship and transferring within uh, conference and all that stuff. So I'm curious to see how this all eventually plays out, if it slows down a little bit, if there's a little bit more guardrails. But I mean, you have to re-recruit your own guys every year. You know no, what I'm that's, saying? That to me is why I think the hard part and you're teaching young men and women like no accountability yeah when we, like I, we, there's we, no accountability to it. so like you're just following money so it's it's mainly like just follow the money and if you win something great if not just keep following the money which to me it's like no man you gotta you gotta grind to win a championship I, yeah. I, you understand on the NBA level, but like in college, you got to grind to get a championship. Well, I, with the NIL, you know, obviously is a part of this conversation. I always ask, I want to ask like a, a high level recruits parents this, like, all right, let's say, for example, you have team A, culture's great. The situation's great. Going to play a ton. Or you have team B. You have similar things, but it's not as good for your son or daughter, but they're going to make $25,000 more. But it, it will not be a better situation than situation A. But it's close. I'm always curious to see, hear people's thoughts like, is the money worth that much more? Because it's not, it's a lot of money, but it's not life-changing money. You get what I'm saying? And we, we both, oh, absolutely. both understand that. And Jack understands that as well. Like, you know, $25,000, $50,000 in NIL, great but it ain't you know it ain't changing your life right but obviously we know there's your 18 19 20 year olds we don't know their financial situations but to me it's like some of these guys are making decisions just based off that where it's like dude unless you're like caleb williams at usc football player like or you know uh Bronny james like you're really not getting life-changing money so i think situation and culture has got to matter but if you look at some of the recruiting trails and and how some of these programs have been aligned or formed, I don't know if that's the situation now. So it's really interesting transfer portal and NIL, how it all kind of incorporates. I'll take another 50 K a year. If you want to toss it my way. I mean, I well, that's the thing <laughs> you would yeah. like, you, that's the thing. Yeah, but I, I think, take... so I think to, to Adam's point, I think there's going to be cautionary tales of guys chasing money, chasing money. And then yeah. look, look what happened to this player. Like you don't want to do that. So I think water will eventually find its level. There's going to be guys that make mistakes and we're going to put them up as a poster boy of what not to do. Like culture matters, your teammates matter, your coaches matter. Um, you know, when back to earlier, we have this conversation often and not to be two or three old men yelling at clouds here, but in our era, if you transferred to two schools, you were a bad teammate guy, right? And that, Good and then, man. and you were punished. You had to sit out a year, two years if you transferred in conference. All that, all that's gone. I think two, three years, all of the things, just nil money too, will find its level, hopefully. Because then, yeah, this- yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I the, the you know the Milton Friedman in me wants to be like make as much money as you possibly can in the <laughs> free market. Obviously, you know, but <laughs> at the same time, there's got to be some guardrails and protections for. I guess the programs and then, um, you know, the, the game and, you know, the NCAA within itself. So obviously football is the one that's going to move the needle on that I stuff. Would, yeah. 
but also like it's crazy just to see like what some of these major programs can do with just collectives and it really leaves these mid-tier programs that are good programs it makes you wonder if they can survive later right yeah, that's I mean, inevitably my out. next yeah i was gonna ask you is it is it time to move conference really i've I've gone back and forth with this issue in my mind for the last two, three years, probably two years when it's been, you know, brought to the forefront on if Gonzaga is going to go first, we tried the mountain West or we flirted with that, but that was kind of a gambling tactic or, you know, bluff tactic, I guess is the best way to put it because we wanted to get rid of the unit sharing uh, when it comes to the NCAA tournament, which was skewed towards the other teams in the conference. And then we wanted to remember that third game you guys used to have to play in the uh, West coast conference tournament. If you, we didn't like that, which made completely sense. Remember playing that fir first third, that first game where you Santa Clara, you, like, was that Santa Clara? Santa yeah. Clara you one. Played one yeah. versus eight. And it just, it did, it killed your, your RPI or Ken Palm. And then it also like, you, you had nothing to win the game by winning right. that game thing to lose. So like you should have had a buy. So anyway, we were flirting with going the Mountain West with that, and we got those two things done, so then we pulled back. But now if you really look at conference realignment and the way I think college football is is moving the needle again, if you're not in a big-time conference, you're, you're you know out, outside looking in, man. So I really am curious to see if we do the Big 12 deal, if the Big East makes sense with an East-West type of deal. Obviously, the Pac-12 is dead. Mountain West would be all right, but it's all comes down to dollars, and it's not a greed thing. When people use the, it's you know, survival. these guys are greedy. It's a survival thing. And they have to float their own athletic departments. It's not just basketball or football they got to fund. And so when, you know, UCLA and USC move, you know, obviously they're major brands and major markets, but when they're, you know, I think – UCLA was $90 million in debt in the athletic department in that conference. They had to make a change to make more money for off the TV revenue. It's the same thing with Gonzaga, not that large. Right. Of a sport, no, I understand. Yeah. You have to get in a, a, a market or a conference that allows you to make more money off your TV deal. So I'm really curious to see. I love the West Coast Conference. I think it's it's been a good league for the last five years. I mean, it's two bid every year. We had three two years ago or three when the San Francisco made it at, at, at an alert at large as well with St. Mary. So it's a really good basketball league. Um, but with BYU leaving, it makes it uh, not as prominent and, you know, right. people can argue, well, they'd never won a conference title completely true, but you're taking out the Salt Lake market. That's a lot of TV revenue. That's big, uh, you know, fan base following. Um, so it's, it's curious to see. Um, what do you think, Rob, as far as like, it has to be done. It just, I just look at the WCC in general. I don't see how 50% of the teams are even going to be athletic programs. That's it's just the uh, hike. You tell me LMU is going to be an athletic program in five years. I just don't see it. San Fran, I, it's a great, beautiful school, but. I just don't see it being able to be an athletic program. So I think eventually the WCC will fade away. So we got to do something before we got to be actionary before reactionary. I think. Yeah. I think proactive is, is, you know, the, 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 the correct term. And I think 
the the hardest part is obviously we don't have football. So when you go in and try to join a conference, what's the splits going to be like for the money? Obviously, we can't be too greedy, but we have to. We know this that we have a a, a huge national brand. It's one of the biggest brands for college basketball in the country. I mean, we're. I always tell people we're we're everybody's second favorite team, like the school they went to, and then oh, I like Gonzaga. You know, you hear that people talk about that all the time. So. I'm just curious. I, I hope the Big 12, it would be a lot harder to go 30 and four every year, but right. it would be a more fun league to watch on a consistent basis with better, more competitive games. And then the money just makes sense for us and the whole athletic department that, you know, all the other sports that, you know, need funding as well. So it's going to be an interesting two weeks that a report came out about a week ago that they're re-engage talks with the big 12 just to be a, a, a basketball only add-on and i think the girls program was going to stay wcc that oh, was really enough. yeah that's what it said in the article and i was curious on that too because how does know, that lisa, work like, I, yeah. I don't know that that's really interesting because lisa and lisa Fortier has built a good program on the girls side there so i was curious like well if they go to the big 12 how does that change their deal too um so i don't know it, it's mean, gonna be a curious it, time you think about logistics, man. The Big 12 is – UCF is going to be in the Big 12 next year. That's Orlando. I know. Orlando I know. to Spokane and pretty much every market in between. I know. That is bananas logistically. And you you talk about logistics versus revenue. We're coming to the negotiating table with pennies on the dollar without a football program. I know our yep. listeners I, – I, I feel like we talk about this all the time, but I think it's worth repeating. For as great as Gonzaga is – as Adam said, a national brand, that's phenomenal. To compare basketball revenue with football revenue is yeah. not even worth doing. Yeah. Um, it It's crazy. So I would love to see us in the Big 12. Don't get me wrong. I would love to see us in the Big East. I do think there is a way that the WCC survives with us in it. I know people don't want to – that's an unpopular opinion. People don't want to hear that. But if we continue to do what we're doing, if St. Mary's continues to do what they're doing – there's a way we're able to just survive as a mid-conference. We wouldn't be the best, you know, non-Power 5 conference anymore. I don't know, even know what they're going to – Power 4 conference. But we would just – we would be better than the Horizon League, better than the Sun Belt. I mean, there's a chance we'd survive. It would be sad. It would be a bummer. But I think that is an option that's viable. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I don't want to be a pooper. I'd love to join one of the big conferences. Yeah, no, there is value in, in... – you know, being successful in the WCC as well. So like, it's not, you're not leaving something that's completely terrible. I think it's right. just a simple, you know, dollars and cents, which you guys both understand. Um, I love the WCC. I mean, the history of the universities, the, the, the feel best, of it's the best travel. It's, it's the, the best, best yeah. travel. Hey, come on. You're in Portland is yeah. maybe the coldest other town is yeah. Portland. Yeah. Okay. I'll take yeah, I'll deal with that. It's the best travel, but like the atmospheres at the games are, are unique too. Obviously, you guys understand with the 4,000, 6,000 seat arenas, right? You know, so you get a unique feel to college basketball that's that's not really, you know, prevalent on the West Coast. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. I was, like I said, totally against the, the last, about last year, year and a half, but now understanding the a little bit more on the conference realignment. It's like, man, if you're on the outside looking in, it, it's going to be tough sledding in five, 10 years. So I'm curious to see if the NCA even survives, but that's a whole nother topic. And that has to do you know, mainly with college football, but it's going to be, it's really, I, 
end of the day, it's going to be minor league sports. It's going to yeah. be four. It's going to be four major conferences, and they're going to figure out how to make a a tournament at each on the on the end. Like that's really yeah. what it's based on. It's just it's inevitable. It, it, there's just too much money, and now I think players have more rights to that money than they ever have. So they're going to be able. It, it's going to be minor league sports. Speaking yeah. of too, speaking of too much money, Rob, you got to run to a meeting. Yes, Adam, guys, ask you. Adam, thank you so much for being on yeah, the show. We appreciate you, buddy. I got a I'm, hard meeting to go to. I'm going to ask Adam to hang on. To. We're going to talk. We're going to talk um, craziness for. Hey, Adam, Adam Halloween party, October 28th, buddy. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, you dunked on the skills competition, and that's my first question. So we got to go yeah. right back to it. Uh, help me out with my guy Luca's name. I think Kras- it's Krasnovich. Kranovic. I think it's Krinovich. Krinovich. Okay. Krinovich. And I, I was struggled with it. I thought he was fantastic. Played professionally overseas, obviously in Croatia, where he's from. Solid, steady. I thought he had a really good craziness. I watched him at practice the day before. looked good. I think he could really compete for that third guard spot, and we'll talk about the backcourt, but I think he can be a contributor off the bench. I'm partial to Eastern Europeans as far as basketball players who play with a ton of them. They're always tough. They're always smart. Uh, they always play team basketball. So, And I'm I think like, a, lot, a lot of people probably thought you were Eastern European. Yeah, no, exactly. Probably, <laughs> exactly. No, that's a good point. Touche, but yeah, I just they they uh they usually know the game a little bit at a accelerated rate because they play open, they play wave style, they play pick and roll just like we do. So I think the learning curve for him will be slim. Uh, another newcomer that I think a lot of people are excited about from Cheney to Spokane, Steel Vinters did not win the three point competition. Is that three point no. competition? Is it fun? Is that no? Okay, well, so they need to work on the pre scrimmage stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But talk kind to me cool. about Steel. Uh, it looks good. Had a great, great career at Eastern. Obviously, uh, Big Sky Player of the Year last year. They went on that crazy. Remember, they won like 20 games in a row, and then the league screwed them over, and, and that's mm-hmm. why you had to get a bye that we were talking about earlier. Um, I think he's Yeah, in Reno, right? Floor. Yeah. Yeah. Space the floor guy. Can really shoot it. Um, not a great creator from what I have understood, but not terrible. Um, decently athletic, longer than he looks, about six 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 seven. Um, I think he's going to get that start, that initial starting opportunity at the three spot. Um, I the the only concern I would have with him is like, is it make or miss type of guy, and that's what his production is based off of, or, it, or does he do other things? But if you're the Big Sky Player of the Year, I don't care what level. If you're a conference MVP at Division One level, he's a good player. So I'm excited. Um, but I think we'll get into Dusty Schromer, but I think him and Dusty will be battling for that starting, you know, kind of two, three spot. Let's get into Dusty Schromer. I mean, you mentioned what you like about Steele. Big Sky player of the year, shooter, can do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. What, uh, compare him to Steele or compare him to Dusty? I think Dusty's a little bit more athletic. And I think <clears throat> Dusty's probably a, a – uh, not probably is probably a better ball handler creator, <clears throat> big upside, huge recruit out of Notre Dame in uh, Chino or whatever the hell. Right. 
you guys, you would know, we played Sierra Canyon all the time. I, that was a joke, like LA, right? Uh, wait, Notre. Oh, oh, wait, where did he go to high school? Notre Dame. Yeah, he went to Notre Dame High School. It's just, where is that? Let me look it up. San Jose? Oh, yeah. So, anyway, um, fantastic high school player. A lot of, you know, pub and all that stuff. So, hopefully he has a good year. And I think he's going to have a chance, like I said, to play that three spot. Uh, okay. So, we got our, our threes dialed in. Nolan Hickman, Ryan Nemhard. I'm of the opinion this team's going to go as far as Ryan Nemhard with the support of Nolan Hickman could take us. How do you feel? Uh, what did- uh, yeah, our backcourt's got to play good, obviously. That's that's not a hot take. That's for any basketball team. Um, I think it's going to be similar to the year that uh, we brought in Nigel and then we had Josh Perkins off the ball. So I think you're going to have a scoring dominant guard, which I think Ryan kind of is. And then Nolan can play off the, uh, off the ball and then they can switch in those roles. So I think it's really going to help Nolan um, have an opportunity to show showcase his scoring ability a little bit more, maybe take a little bit of pressure off the playmaking responsibilities. Had a decent year last year, played solid. He needs to have a big year. I'm just talking, you know, from a per, if, if it's me personally, it's like, Oh, my junior year, I want to go to the NBA. I got to have a big year. So I think it's a great opportunity for him to kind of play off the ball and not get all the focus scout team wise, you know, and they're picking roll coverages and stuff like that. So talk um, to me, Ryan, sorry, sorry to, sorry to pause you there. Talk to me, by the way, you're right. Dusty Strummer is from Sherman Oaks. The high school I was looking at is in San Jose is all girls. Oh, Apologies okay. to Dusty. Um, <laughs> so Nolan, I don't want to say gets replaced. I don't want to say gets demoted, but when, the offseason for your college, the offseason objective is to go grab a point guard. Does that mess with his psyche at all? Or is he like, that's fine. I'd rather be the two. Like, this is not really my position. Like, do you think that'll affect him at all, having Nemhard come I, in? I, I don't think so. It's worked in the past. Now, it's a, it's a, it's a logical question, to be honest. Like, that, that is a logical thing to be like, well, I'm getting replaced. Like, no, you're not getting replaced. We're just adding more talent in the backcourt because we lost Rashir Bolton. It was the same thing playing with a Rashir, right? So you're still playing with two ball handlers. Um, I think it's a great opportunity for him because he's already established here, but now he's going to have a chance to score the basketball. Ryan is known as a scorer, and he had that 30-point game in the NCAA tournament um, last year. And, you know, it's fantastic. Just like he's like Andrew, but just two inches shorter. That's, that's the best way to describe him, right? And it makes good decisions, quick with the ball, um, I think he's probably a little bit better scorer than Andrew was. Andrew is just uh, more steady. But I think it really helps Nolan, honestly. Like, it takes alleviate some of that pressure. So I'm excited for him to have a big year. Um, you know, and like I said, we've done that, done that style in the past, and it's worked. So hopefully it does this year. Uh, talk to me about the big guy that was missing, Graham E.K. Yeah. At what point did we know he had a foot? And how long is his foot going to take? Yeah. Um, so he was Mount West player of the year, I believe, or all conference for sure. Two years ago at Wyoming, when they went to the NCAA tournament, they got into the play-in game. Um, fantastic kind of duck-in kid. With, uh, you know, he's a lefty, can shoot it out to 18 feet. 
Um, got hurt last year and sat out the Wyoming season, which really kind of had them go sideways. Um, and then I think the same injury is popping up. So maybe the rehab was brought on a little bit early or getting back on the court. So hopefully he's ready to go by start of season because he's going to be our duck in guy. You know, we've always had at least one of those. Um, and so I'm looking forward to see him play. I've heard nothing but good things. My cousin plays football at Wyoming, was friends with them. I went down, watched the game and ran into their head coach and their assistant coach. Everybody had nothing but great things to say about him as a player and as a person. So I'm looking forward to watching him play. By the way, congrats to your cousin. Wyoming's hot. They're good, man. They're five and one playing Air Force coming up. The, they win. They're pretty much locked into, you know, three and zero in the Mountain West. So it's a big time game. You don't go to Laramie and win if you're an opposing team. It's it, it it's a bad non-conference game to schedule. Like it's really, if you're a Power Five, especially because you know they're licking their chops to play mm -hmm. those type of games. Mm -hmm. It's hard because it's seventy-two twenty or whatever it is. Like that that altitude is real. Well, even our Bulldog brothers, Fresno State, went up there. They were like five point favorites. Wyoming was the easy call. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, keep it in the front court. I don't know. I don't want to put too much stock in the box score of this scrimmage, but the guy that shined was Braden Huff. Yeah, he looked great. Um, he, we've already talked but, about. We've already talked about what six, seven guys. We know few is going to play seven, maybe eight guys. Yeah. Could Braden crack that? I think Braden's going to get an opportunity to play a ton this year. He's was fantastic all summer. Uh, they said he was the guy that worked out the most. Um, looked the best in like the warehouse scrimmages, you know, from the other guys that are not, you know, Gonzaga players, um, pick and pop kid lefty kind of got a athleticism similar to drew. And that's not a knock, but not a, a high flyer, but an angle basket pump fakes, all those type of things, touch uh player. I think he's going to have an opportunity to start. I mean, because if he can be a duck in guy, Anton ducks in as well, who's going to start no matter what. Um, and then he can space the floor. Braden Huff can space the floor with his three-point shooting ability. I think he's going to get a, an easy chance to start. I like that he actually redshirted last year. You don't see that anymore. And I, I like that he had enough, you know, people around him and, and poised to be like, I'm going to redshirt. I was the Illinois player of the year. I you know, everybody else is probably telling you, you should be playing, you should be playing. He knew he was behind Drew. He knew he was behind Efton, who left, and then Ben Gregg, and then obviously Anton. So he made the wise decision and got himself better. So I was really impressed, not just with the 19 points, but just how he looked. He looked great in practice the day before. So I'm really excited to see him kind of grow into a role. I think he has a legit chance to start and probably start all year, you know. All right. I hate to do this to do this to you. What who are your five starters? Uh so right now. Logically, it would go uh, Nemhard, Hickman, Venters, Anton, and then probably Braden because Gr Graham's hurt. So then Graham would be the third big, and then Ben Gregg's is still gonna play. So like he, Coach View could play ten guys early in the season. And you're right, he goes to seven or eight, but that's later. But I think he's gonna have to play ten to start to keep guys happy and not like a you know, like in a, in a, you know, you're controlling my program stance, but to like I got to see what I got and then let it work itself out, which is a good problem to have. Uh, if EK was completely healthy, how would that shake up your lineup? Would you pull Braden out? 
I have to see Graham first, but I think that's a coin flip. But I think they're both going to play a ton. They're both lefties. They're both the, – the biggest question for me in that area of the floor, and you're probably going to agree and you, you understand the game, is rim protection. Where are we going to get rim protection? And that's where I have the biggest question. But, like last year, we really didn't have rim protection. Drew's not a rim protector. No offense to Drew. He'll tell you that. Ben Gregg's decent. Anton's okay. Efton didn't play. He was supposed to be our rim protector. So maybe I'm putting more stock into it, but rim protection on the backside is going to be curious for me. All right, Adam Morrison, you're back on the call this year with Huddy. Am I right? Yep. Lewis and Clark, when does – this is year – God, what is it now for you, five or six? I think six. I think six, yeah. That's crazy. How is your – I mean, you were really good. And I'm going to just I, – I feel like I've told you this off air several times. I've, many people have. You were just naturally gifted at it. You're very conversational, and you have a way of explaining complex things to, you know, pretty much third graders and golden retrievers. Um, <laughs> Thank you. How much prep goes into these games now versus when you first started? Do you just kind of read some stuff before you go in, check out practice? Yeah, so, like, to be honest, like, the the first couple games, prep is a little bit, you know, has to be done a little bit more, but it's also based off last season. So you're looking at who played last year, and then you can formulate, all right, the guys, you know, 40% of the scoring is returning, and then you can kind of make your, you know, predictions off of that. Um, when we play the bigger teams, a little bit more prep, because usually there's a little bit more depth. Um, then when we get in the conference, it's kind of gets smoother sailing because I'm so familiar with a lot of the players, um, and the styles at least of the coaching and, and their schemes and, and how they want to play the game. So that gets a little bit easier. Um, but you know, I'm on radio, so like you can, you can essentially lie on what is going on because nobody knows, right. You're, you're listening. So, um, some of the prep is, uh, is done, you know, a couple hours before the game when I get there and kind of just see who's, who's who and, and stuff like that. One final last question. I think you're the guy to ask about this, given your experience with the limitations of the human body, health conditions and basketball at the highest level. Will Bronny mm-hmm. James ever play again? It's a really good question. I, I that type of situation was obviously scary. Um, I think probably. I mean, that's happened to other guys, and knock on wood, it doesn't happen again. But I think so, and hopefully, it was just a, a, a situation that was just you know rare, rare health condition. I mean, Roni Turioff had open heart surgery and played ten years in the NBA. Gonzaga guy, obviously, so. It's it's possible, and I, I hope the best. He seems like a good kid, seems like a good family, and that's not knowing any of them, obviously. Yeah. You know, like they're good people, and they play the game the right way, and blah, blah, blah. Um, so I hope so, because I think he's a legitimate NBA prospect. And just from a human standpoint, like get back out there and play. He obviously loves the game. Sorry, you can't go to Maui this year. But Honolulu yeah, at least fun. Yeah, at least we're I'm, – I'm just glad that we're going over to the islands – and obviously that tragedy was was terrible and hopefully you know they can recover because it was weird at the start you're like you don't want to raise your hand and ask if we're still going to Maui you feel like a jerk I mean, right yeah so, for, you don't want to ask any questions yeah for a you, you don't want to ask any yeah. question but you're also like you know you know hopefully because it brings 
economic impact and blah, blah, blah. And then I was worried, like selfishly, like they're going to put it in Vegas. And I was like, oh, God, I don't want to go to Vegas. You know, let's go to <laughs> Vegas. Because you know how it is. We're going December 2nd, and then we go WCC. It's like every year, I, it's too much Vegas. So you're going to have like, to play cards. You don't want to play cards, but if you're there, you have to. You know, yeah. but like <laughs> it's sometimes nice to like not pay like $30 for like bacon and eggs. And then, like, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I do. a normal place to go. And I don't mind Vegas, but after a while, it gets old. That, and I think that's a take from everybody that's almost 40, like myself. I think everybody would agree. It's like three days, and then I'm out. Oh, dude, three days, two nights. Two, two nights, nights. yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, three days, two nights. Yeah, 100%. All right, Adam Morrison, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.